everybody to Wrestling with the War! Alright, it is BC and it is Jay. Well, returning, but I feel like we're debuting because it, it is the debut episode. We're in our time of machine. Of Wrestling with the War. Can you believe this? I know. Hopefully we got that brand new shiny paid for uh, intro music in there too with all the the uh, totally ripped off uh, comic uh, copyright stuff for uh, intros. That'd be nice, but I don't know. I don't know where we're at with that. For our, uh, for the producer will probably be working on it. The producer <laughs> always pulls a rabbit out of his hat. <laughs> we, we had this elaborate idea of the blended uh, remixed uh, raw nitro themes, but uh, as long as we go with uh, no... Is un, is that the underground nation one? And that that's too that's too late, isn't it? That's not uh, that's not proper time period, is it? That's a ruthless aggression, I think. I think that might be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know those songs better yeah. than I do. But totally yeah. Right. Anyway, I digress already, and we're yeah. twenty seconds in. Off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> You're worried about music. <laughs> I know already. <laughs> oh God, the 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 campy '90s music already got me though. The first uh, first episode of Nitro, I was like, Oh my God, these are so bad. It yeah, only gets worse. <laughs> I know. Are you pumped, Bot? I'm super pumped. The the cool thing about the music, and we're already uh, off and running, but like like you don't notice how shitty the music is as much because there's not as big an entrance. You know what I mean? Cause they just walk out. There's no, there's no Tron. There's no giant stage. There's no ramp. There's nothing. So you like, you hear the music in the background, but it like today's entrances, you're like focused on it. You're like waiting. There's the anticipation. There's the entrance entrance. Like, but then it's like, Oh my God, I can just hear the shitty, whatever sound they were trying to replicate in the background. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It was it was interesting. <laughs> Flying Brian's was uh, something else, but oh yeah. Well, wait till we get into blatant ripoff of Nirvana <laughs> yes. era there. I do remember those. I do remember those. All right. Anyway, only, I, I'm only already seven off years the too late. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so it is, as we said, the debut episode, the rebranded. Uh, well, we're still wrestling with the truth, but this is going to be our wrestling with the war version of wrestling with the truth. Uh, it's only slightly confusing, but but people will catch slightly. on. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Snooze you lose. That's what it is. Yes. But we're going to be talking the Monday Night Wars, and we're going to be going from the beginning to the end. Hopefully, we'll make it to the end. We'll see what happens there. But uh, we're going to be talking. <laughs> don't, be, I mean, don't be. That's like an ominous foreshadow or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's it's a long time away, <laughs> my six friend. Six years away. Yes. <laughs> but we've got. Uh, we're going to focus mainly for the beginning of this on the Raw's War versus WCW Monday Nitro eras because we need. Of course, there is the Friday and Thursday and all that stuff with SmackDown and Thunder and everything. We're wrapping eventually. it all in there, though. Yeah, but we'll yeah. we'll we're this is our main focus. We want to talk about this this whole Monday Night War and not just. We didn't want to just parcel it down to the Attitude Era. We want to see what started this how did this go does it live up to the expectations that we have is it live up to the memories that we have was it any good is yeah. the question so those are, uh, the, those are the crux of the issue i gotta give i gotta give props to mr j because he uh he's a trooper um he's a mid move at the moment <laughs> if you can't tell already <laughs> and just in an absolute absolute mess there because just he's chaos. just trying just to get everything done you could have used a green screen here i could have but you know what i said oh i'm i'm not i'm no fake it just make it i just just like show my pull the curtain back all, at all times 
You are au naturel right yep. now. <laughs> for, for everything in life. Oh, man. But we thought we kind of do a two two parts to this episode. So one, we're going to talk about what led up to the to the Monday Night Wars and what was the wrestling scene in uh, in 1995. And spoiler, folks, a lot of these two guys right in that up picture there. on the wall yeah. there, the red and yellow yeah. is very prominent in that. <laughs> um, and then we'll talk about, was it the worst year in wrestling history in 1995? <laughs> because when I list some of the things that were going on at that time, it's going to be hard pressed not to say it was. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm still uh, holding judgment on that. So yeah. Yeah. Well, we got to come back to me first. in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then we're going to get into the actual debut episode of Monday Nitro, which is uh ran unopposed on that date. Yes. Uh, as we debuted. quickly found out September 4th of 1995. Um, Raw unfortunately was uh, preempted for the U S open tennis championship. So, uh, which happened all the time, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, even more embarrassing was when the Westminster. It was the Westminster show. kennel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> would get it. So at least it was a sport that took care of them this time. But yeah, it's and you could argue they get preempted for Monday Night Football every week now. Well, that's true. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, an interesting era. Let's put it that way. But let's let's get into it. So um, before I jump into uh, you know talking about this uh, the year ninety five, anything that you wanted to uh, shout out or do before we get into that part there, Jay? No, just uh, I'm excited to for everyone to follow along with us because just just recapping and and finally getting a chance to uh, do my homework to, today was was nice to kind of jump in. Like you just, it's just such a good emotional like feels, right? You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like you know all the stuff that happens after, but you're just in in the moment. You can enjoy it in the moment, and uh, there's lots of comments to come. But yeah, it was uh, yeah, it's fun. It's gonna be good. I'm excited. All right. Well, let, let's let's get this started. So, wrestling in 1995. So, of course, it, you know there was multiple uh, organizations. There, of course, there was ECW as well. But we're gonna which had that chan- transition to East to ECW as we know it, or was in it still 95? Eastern, yeah, was it still Eastern Championship Wrestling? No, I think it was 94 when it changed from Eastern okay. to uh, so, it might have so been 93. So Shane Douglas had already dropped the the like took the old title and left at that point because he was in WWF. Oh yeah, he's good. He's in. Uh, uh, yeah, but that's, oh, that's the only he's, reason. He's, he's in, Dean uh, Douglas. He's Dean Douglas at this. But but point. Uh, what I'm referencing is, do you remember, like that infamous time where they like where they yeah. changed it over from Eastern Championship? Like that that has already happened at that point, right? I geez, my memory. See, it's not me on the first one. It must have. It must have. ECW, but no, no, no. Uh, I'm not trying, but I just I'm trying to get it all square timeline in my head. I think it's already Extreme Championship Wrestling at this point. I do believe, but let me just, yeah. uh, you know, just to be sure, so we're not already being And the false. only reason I'm even catching you on that is because I happened to catch a little bit of the Raw before they got preempted and Dean Douglas had some stellar yeah. promos in that. So, so, yeah, so 1994, correct. It was right. 1994 when they succeeded from the uh, NWA. Right. Uh, Shane Douglas had that infamous uh, drawing the, down the NWA yeah. title, right. and uh, that was on August 30th, 94. Okay. He then leaves ECW. So he went from that cool badass character to Dean Douglas. That's basically. right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that just wanted well, to I mean, check he, that. He only had the job to to Sean and Razor. That's all. So. <laughs> yeah. With the shitty campy gimmick, but that's all good. In his defense, they promised him the world. So <laughs> you go. Well, I mean, you would have thought he had, they would have had to to get him to go for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, and we're off the rails now already. So. <laughs> <laughs> did you expect anything less? No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> um, so we also had Smoky Mountain Wrestling going on at that time, and a few other independents and stuff of like that. Yeah. But the the two the two major players were WWF at the time. We have to get used to saying that as well. WWF and WCW World Championship Wrestling. So in '95, so let's just kind of go back a little bit here. So. 93 was the year that Monday Night Raw debuted. And in the early stages of 93, you had Ric Flair finishing up his WWF, his initial WWF run, and heading back to WCW. And he had a and, and actually he had a fantastic angle going back to WCW, uh, where it was kind of his redemption chase for the uh the world heavyweight title. He had a great match against Vader. I think that was at Starcade, if I'm not mistaken. Great storyline, just a fantastic storyline along along the way. Um, 94, that's when you see the changeover, I guess you would say for WCW. This is when they signed Hogan, uh, they signed Savage, uh, Mean Gene, yeah. all these different people. Jimmy Hart came. All Jimmy stuff. Hart, all these different people. And you're starting to see, once Hogan comes on board, you're starting to see Hogan's friends come on board. And, and we know who those guys are. It's like Brutus Beefcake, uh, Earthquake, John Earthquake, Tenta, yeah. as as we know him, Hacksaw Duggan, the Nasty Boys, and so it, it was something when when reading up on it and refreshing my memory, it kind of felt like I don't know if, if you compared to this, Jay, but you know how like when you have an old timers circuit on a, a sport, like remember back in the day, like hockey would have like the old timers games and stuff like that, or baseball might have an old timers game, and it just felt like. These guys weren't exactly ancient, but they you knew they weren't in their prime. Yeah. So, but they're marching them out there, and everybody's happy to see them. And I think that's what you would call 1994 at that point, because you had some some good stuff from WCW in '94. You got finally got that Hogan Flair feud that everybody had been waiting for. That for some reason WWF decided to just kind of botch. Really, let's be honest they they blew the chance to have it main event WrestleMania, and it just never happened for them. And then you also had Savage had an amazing uh, feud going on with uh, Ric Flair throughout 94, 95, that kind of stuff. So they were doing okay. They were gaining some momentum. They had moved to Universal Studios and doing that that whole gimmick. Right, with Saturday night or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the rotating ring, if you remember that. Yes, I do remember that, Yep, sadly. So yeah, it was, um, it was, it was okay at that point. I mean, they lost some of their... As they say, they lost their fastball a bit. It wasn't the old NWA that you were used to, or you know. And at that point, like, they it was Bill Watts or whatever was in there now, or whatever. Right? I believe that was Watts at that time. I think yeah. no, sorry, it was '92 was Watts, and then he was let go, and then I think this is when you're starting to get the Jim Hurd era. Right. Sorry, I meant that's who I meant. I think like yeah, the the the, the infamous era. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, folks, don't hold us to the fire if we get a couple of things wrong. We are not, you know, licensed historians. We're <laughs> two guys who love wrestling that just are going by our memories for most of this. And sometimes we'll do some research just on some old stuff, but uh, <laughs> we'll try to get it as accurate as possible, right? You also had WWF at that time in 94 kind of a weird year for them you had a they kind of had a really crappy year in 93 because that's when you had hogan leaving the steroid trial all that stuff flair leaves um warrior stuff too right warrior all that stuff you're seeing the rise of brett as champion you have yokozuna as well going on at that point 94 you would say maybe it's a bit of a comeback year for them that's when you had wrestlemania 10 so of course you had that amazing brett owen match and of course the amazing brett owen feud throughout the year of 94 
you have the push for Lex uh, in that whole thing. You have Yokozuna dominating throughout the year. You have towards the end of the year, you have Brett winning the title back, that kind of stuff. Um, so it was, an, again, an okay year for WWF. I know attendance figures were down, but it, they were they were down across the business. And I think I don't think enough is said about the just the damage that whole steroid trial had on wrestling as a whole. Not just not just WWF, but it had it on WCW as well. I really don't think the product was as bad as the attendance and ratings were. I think just people got really soured on it. your thoughts. Yeah, it's just like a stench on it. You mean kind of thing? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I could see that. I mean, I don't remember it for sure. Like I. Re- I can remember it happening and and what have you, but I don't remember any kind of concrete thoughts about it. But I could see how, especially given a time when it's still perceived to be a quote unquote sport, that that would put a put a tarnish on uh, people's. I just, it's hard for me to put myself in that kind of mindset now to think like nothing like that would ever tarnish it now. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah. like I, but I, I get it. I get that 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 would be the case. And was there anything else going on like? globally or kind of like economically and in, in, well in i mean it was like, i think there yeah. must have been other factors oh right? yeah yeah i mean you you had the iraq uh, war was going on at the time wasn't well, it the iraq war happened in 91 but you you had it we're starting to get into recession we're starting to get into the grunge era right and wrestling was all this bright and poppy right. stuff and, and it was like carryover 80s real. too so yeah. that was probably yeah that wasn't yeah. doing them any favors too you're right yeah and they were really in a weird transition going from like these gigantic superheroes to these I, I don't even want to say small guys because compared to today, they'd be massive. Yeah. Like, but, um, you know, compared to what people were used to. Off the steroids, guys, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it just it didn't have the realism that people were looking for at that point. I mean, you had, like, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and, you yeah. know, all the Seattle scene and all that stuff. And um, it just, it, it was, put it music-wise, it was like when Guns N' Roses was around back at that time and they were trying to compete with those guys. It just felt... 80s versus that that feeling like mid 90s right yeah and not in a good way yeah yeah and and that's coming from major guns and roses yeah that is the truth the major guns and roses guy but yeah no i can get that sense too like even everything that i guess way i might put it is the tone in society was shifting and they were shifting along with it exactly exactly we've come full circle and gone back away from that tone obviously over the years but like the tone was definitely i can remember that there was a visceral like uh well i mean it was emo before emo right i mean that's yeah. that's basically grunge was the first emo kind of thing you could call it it's like today's wrestling fam without the uh twitter available yeah or without, know, like the, or without the without the insider attitude. knowledge yeah 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 so so then you haul into 95 so let's just say 95 was a transition year okay so to give an example some of the things that we had going on in wcw what dominated that year as i said i pointed out these two guys hogan and savage and their battle oh, with the dungeon yeah. <laughs> battle with the dungeon of doom Which and was i mean that a was horrible fucking stable to begin with uh, like, where did, who, is that a jim heard creation it must be well it was a kevin please Sullivan tell me thing. please tell me it wasn't dusty or somebody no, Dusty. No, it wasn't Dusty. It was. It was. It was Kevin Sullivan was booking at the time, Ugh. and um, Kevin Sullivan's a. How did that a guy great, stick around for as long as he did as Booker? Like he's got a great mind for wrestling, actually. But the, it just he's also booking to what the company wants, right? You got yeah. Ted Turner, you got Eric Bischoff, you got Jim Hurd, that kind of stuff. Um, it was pretty brutal. I think actually, sorry, by this time Jim Hurd is gone. It's it's Bischoff that's kind of taken over at this point, um, but. 
yeah, Dungeon of Doom, man. Like you just, it's just absolutely Beely kind of guys. You know, you got an old John Tenta. You've got Brutus Beefcake doing fourteen different gimmicks. I mean, but, but pause for a second. Don't you yeah. think the Kevin Sullivan stuff? I'll get you. He might have a good mind for the business, but isn't it? Isn't it the case where whenever you have a guy that's still active and writing himself into these stories, it never seems to go well. And like, to me, the Dungeon of Doom is a prime example of him getting this on TV to get himself over in this group over, right? Like, it's horrible. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. He was just the manager at that point, though. So at least he wasn't was he not working anymore. I thought he was, he was taking bumps and shit. But. Very occasionally. He was having like feuds, side feuds with like a like Dave Sullivan and stuff okay. like that. Right. Okay. He was it was now in 95. Uh, sorry, in 96, he has that great feud with Pillman. And then he starts feuding with Benoit. And that okay, was so fine, he comes right? that, OK, because that's maybe what I'm remembering is that he was definitely wrestling later into the 90s. But yeah. So so then you're uh, you're looking at you're looking at right now. This is like pre those good old days for Kevin Sullivan there. But but based on the stuff in Florida and, and stuff they had done, I mean the guy does have a brilliant mind for wrestling. It's just yeah. at okay, that no, time, fair enough. At the time he was just given he's working with what he's given, and basically Hulk Hogan had creative control, and Hulk Hogan said, "I'm bringing my boys in, so you're going to have to deal with." Right. The, these and, work, and write the show around it. So yeah, you're right. Bischoff took over in '93, so he was there to emanate. Like he 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 got all of the ball rolling with all that. Universal yeah, and I forgot. So Jim Hurd resigned in '93, and Kip Fry took over for him. So that's who Eric Bischoff would have been reporting right. to. But yeah, and at this point, Bischoff's on TV too, right? Or is about to be uh, as a commentator. As a commentator, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. pulling the old Vince. All right, so let's get back on on the on the the rails here. So. We had the Dungeon of Doom was a big thing in 95. You also have to remember, they released in 1995, Steve Austin, Paul Avec, Mick Foley, and Ricky Steamboat. Right. <laughs> now, of course. All before Nitro went on the air, right? All before Nitro went on. Now, yeah. of course, they were not Stone were, Cold, yeah. and they weren't Triple H, and they weren't Cactus Jack. Well, sorry, Mick was Cactus Jack, yeah. but they weren't Mankind and, you know, that kind of Dude thing, love. but still, but still, they they released those four. Yet the push was on for a guy by the name of the Renegade, who was a who was a bootleg Ultimate Warrior ripoff, <laughs> and Alex Wright. If you remember Alex Wright, Das Wunderkind, mm-hmm, I do remember. Yeah, so they were getting main event pushes almost, and and meanwhile you you've put those other guys out the pasture. So that right. can tell you where where um, where the mindset was at that point. Also, you had Beefcake, uh, who just, by the way, I don't know if you remember this, but he had just, in 94, main evented Starcade against Hulk Hogan as the Butcher. I don't remember that. And then throughout 1995... Yeah, how many fucking gimmicks did he have? Oh, yeah, so here days? we go. So throughout 95, he was the Butcher, the man with no name, because he had, had amnesia. Then he became <laughs> the Zodiac. <laughs> And then finish it off as the booty man. <laughs> in 95, all in, in 95. 95. Four gimmicks he, in 95. Jesus. He disappeared in 96, and then he came back as his disciple, where he was unrecognizable back in the um, NWO days. But, uh, yeah, so old Beefer. <laughs> so, well, no, because he died in a boating accident where he got chopped up in the uh, motor, right? <laughs> that was that was the whole rumor, wasn't it? I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> That also, was he was rumor. Hulk Hogan's lover was the rumor, yeah, too. Yeah, that was but... like that. I vividly remember that as a kid, man. That was like, oh, no, no, no. Bruce Beefcake, he's dead. Yeah, he died in a boating accident. 
we get chopped up. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. But things things weren't going uh, much better in WWF. We have to admit too, because at that time it's ironic how they mirror each other. So you had the Dungeon of Doom that was dominating the stable in WCW, and I'm not even going to get into what else is to come with the Dungeon of Doom '95 because I'm saving that for you because <laughs> it's going to be coming soon and. Yeah, might be a play on words actually on that one, but uh, <laughs> but in WWE we had a stable dominating that was just as mid as uh, our friend MJF would say, <laughs> and that was Ted DiBiase's Million Dollar Corporation. Do you remember those guys? Um, vaguely, and I remember them from like Survivor Series and just the corporation in general. Yeah. yeah. So you had um, the stellar lineup of of Kama. So prior to being, right. you know, so his two cool gimmicks were not there. It was just comma, the, the extreme, or was it the Supreme Fighting Machine? Supreme Fighting Machine. He was supposed to be like a UFC guy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You had uh, Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> Jesus, who would have been like 80 at the time, bro. Yeah. You also had Tatanka, heel Tatanka. And you had a 1995 version of King Kong Bundy, not a 1986 version, but a 1995 right. <laughs> version. And later on, you have a few other people join. Sid joined, and a and a couple other surprises that are coming up shortly too. But uh, so you had some really mid card stables. And DiBiase was only managing at this time, right? Oh, uh, DiBiase was managing, and yeah. I mean they just bogged the Undertaker down throughout all of '95. Right. Oh, you had IRS in there as well. I forgot about that. So. Wow, it was tough. And you want to talk about we we make fun of the renegade and Alex Wright and that stuff, but how about the list of uh, characters that they had uh, come into WWE at that time? Well, some of them are from '94, but still, you had Isaac Yankum, <laughs> you had the Body Donnas, you had Rad Radford, Aldo Montoya, Al Snow is Avatar, which is a ripoff of um, the Power Rangers, um, Men on a Mission, of course, and then eventually King Mabel. Yeah. Uh, Bob Sparkplug Holly, not not hardcore Holly. No, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy and uh, Mantor. Remember, <laughs> yeah, he did huge ninety five. Who that was the poor like, bastard that had to play that guy? Uh, he was PN News's uh, cousin or something like that. Yeah. But, oh man, and um, the thing about that that gimmick felt like it. It was like when I saw ninety five, I was like, God, that felt like that was like eighty nine or ninety yeah. or something that that's how brutal it was you also had phantasmo i don't know if you remember that guy I remember that guy basically uh he was a magician painted like a mime who would do like things like shoot like streamers out of his mouth <laughs> and stuff like that <laughs> please tell me knuckleball schwartz abe was that time too uh, was knuckleball at that time i think he might have been a little bit earlier than that maybe 94 mm. you also had man mountain rock do you remember man mountain rock i remember the guitar but i don't Yep. Wasn't that uh, Balls Mahoney or whatever? No, Balls Mahoney debuted as Santa Claus. <laughs> right. The evil Santa Claus from the South right. Pole. Uh, uh, Man Mountain Rock was Max Payne. If you remember Max Payne from WCW. No, but he looked like Balls Mahoney, right? He looked kind of like yeah, Balls like, Mahoney. Yeah, 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 yeah. kind of. But uh, Balls that, was busy. That, that, that gimmick should have been cooler than it ended up, maybe. It would have been cool if he had done the Max Payne gimmick where he was kind of like a grunge guy. But right. instead, he came dressed up in tie dye and rainbow hair, and oh, had so a again, Vince was twenty years too late then. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. So, <laughs> yes, so that didn't work out too well for them. <laughs> but on the bright side for WWE 
WWF. I got to keep saying WWF now. <laughs> Just get the F out. You don't have to anymore. A few things that, that we did have at that time that kind of, I don't know, maybe go on appreciate. We had Hakushi. Do you remember Hakushi? I do. I loved Hakushi. Him loved and Hakushi. Had some good matches. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Hakushi was awesome. We he had didn't Wayland. last long, did he? No, I think it was only like for a year or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Whalen Mercy. Uh, you, you're cool. a big fan of I don't remember Whalen as much, but I remember you. You're a big Whalen fan. He was basically the original uh, Bray, Bray Wyatt. Wyatt. Yeah. yeah. Except it was Danny Spivey, who was a legit badass tough guy in real life, but he uh, was just riddled with injuries at that point. So it just, it, it was tough for him to go. He had the debut of Gold Dust, which we'll talk about next mm-hmm. week in our episode. And he had the debut of Hunter Hearst Helmsley. So a few diamonds in the rough right there. Not all swings and misses. Yeah, exactly. Um, As far as attendance, so both, again, both companies were struggling. You had um, WCW was averaging about 3,000 per per show, like these these, um, house shows and stuff like that. WWF wasn't doing too much better. They're only about 4,000. This is the much maligned Diesel as champion era at this point, which I think honestly gets a little bit too much flack. I mean, I just... Where it's both companies that are struggling, it's obviously just wrestling was not popular right. at this point. So it was a uh, sign of the times, probably more than anything else. It's hard. It's hard to blame it on him, but because then Brett got blamed after too. Like right, like Brett always got took shit for not being the the draw champion too, didn't he? Well, the year prior would have been Brett's, right. but the the tennis was going down. But everybody says like he had some fantastic matches because he had the Owen feud and stuff like that. Right, Sean took a took a little bit of crap because he didn't exactly bring in the crowds in 96, but right. they were on the precipice of that happening. Right. And then of course we also had a few things happen. Like whew, the, uh, in WCW had the uncensored 95, um, pay-per-view, which might be one of the worst pay-per-views of all time, which included the King of the road match. Do you know what the King of the road match is? The was? one on top of the truck. That is the one. That on was the 95. Why do I remember it? Why do I remember that one? When what month was that in? I'm going to watch. It was that. early. It was like March, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Blacktop Bully, which is Smash or Barry Darso, right? Uh, versus and Dustin, Dustin Runnels, right? yeah. And they both got canned afterwards because they bladed, even though this was a pre-taped segment <laughs> that they <laughs> so, knew what happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they still got canned. Uh, you also had Ric Flair disguised as a woman in the crowd during uh, the the one of the matches. Um, just just a an overall just amazing pay per view. Wow. Yet they had a comeback with Bash to the Beach. You had a, a match between uh, um, I think it was uh, Savage and Flair that was considered a really good match. But you also in to promote it, you had Hogan Savage Flair. Uh, Kevin Sullivan and Vader appeared on Baywatch at that time. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, so that seemed very odd, to be quite honest. And then you got up to uh, Fall Brawl, which we're going to talk about coming up soon, because this is what this is leading into. As far as WWE, we had um, a great Royal Rumble. When you think about it, it was won by HPK, where he went from uh, um, from start to finish. Um, you also that was 95? That was 95. Okay. You had um, uh, Jeff Jarrett against Razor in that Royal Rumble, and you had Brett versus Diesel in that Royal Rumble. So pretty good. Mania 11, which if you go into our back catalog over on YouTube, you can see a, a Mania Memories episode where we talk about WrestleMania 11. And I think it's a very maligned WrestleMania, but it's not was as Was 11 as, Anaheim? Uh, 11 was Hartford. That was oh, okay. uh, Bam Thanks. Bam against Lawrence Taylor. Ah, uh, that one, right. 
which we talked about that in that episode. If you had not made that your main event, just put it earlier in the card and actually had Sean versus Diesel as your main event, which turned out to be a pretty deep. It's probably yeah. besides this match with Brett, probably his best match in WWF. Diesel, you um, yeah, uh, Diesel, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, you had a few other decent matches on that, but unfortunately, people just look at it. It's Hartford. It's small it's not great yeah, so it didn't feel like a wrestlemania that's for sure it didn't it felt like i mentioned that during the, the the episode that it felt like a saturday night's main event yeah really that's too bad and then you also had the debut of in your house which again i was kind of blown away because right? it felt like that was back like early 90s but right. in your house debuted in the summer of uh of um of 95 okay. so yeah and then, then so before that they were just running quarterly shows yeah exactly yeah and then he also had the infamous King of the Ring being King Mabel. and uh, Which was much maligned decision, right? Yeah. <laughs> and a heel Mabel at that, too. Mm-hmm. And also during that King of the Ring, which a lot of people forget about, you had the Bret Hart, Jerry Lawler, Kiss My Foot match. Oh, yes. Which led yeah. to the debut of Isaac Yankum, who Bret would end up fighting at SummerSlam, which is the last pay-per-view before we get into what we're going to talk about next. But right. uh, yeah, SummerSlam was Sean and Razor in the ladder match, which was fantastic. That was a great match, but it was thrown together. Then you had Brett versus Isaac Yankum and you had Diesel versus Mabel. Right. Which is just headliners for sure. It almost like if you pretty much can cut off 95 there and, and which leads to the question was 1995 the worst year in wrestling history, in your opinion? I mean, I, I think I'm not as well positioned to make that statement, but it so- sure shit sh- sounds like it just from re- rehashing it. I would say the you end- you were more in the know, so I would take yeah. your your take on it more. I would say the end of 95 salvaged that year, but overall, but is it only because they started to like, because nitro and because like it didn't probably change much for the first couple of months. Right. And trust me, there's a moment coming up in October that would put it over the top for the worst year in wrestling history. You I think that cancels it out. I mean, just because you know what it is, but it's, (laughs) it'll come. I'm kind of almost like anticipating it now. So I want to, I want to be, uh, yeah, I'm it's well worth it. the wait. Yeah. Well worth <laughs> <the wait. laughs> oh man, it's gonna get a monster pop. Let's just put it that way. So, um, all right. So that leads us to so as far as worst year in wrestling history, I'm gonna say for me, I mean, it's a bit of a loaded question, but you yeah, can say it's one of them. Probably. It's one of it's there. Like '93 was pretty bad. It's, but I mean, I'm sure like, there were some side. shitty ones in the '80s. There's got to be some bad ones. Well, so it, in our viewing history, I guess we'll say. But, oh, okay, um, fair enough. Anything prior to like uh, anything prior to '84, when the whole rock and wrestling connection right. starts. Hard to argue those because WWF was kind of brutal at that point, but then the territory stuff was on fire, right? So, right. I mean, how do you balance that out? You know, like, yeah. so, but I'm talking like as far modern, as... Like, modern, era, modern era, yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. From golden era on, yeah. I had to say 95, 93 are tough, but WCW had a decent year in 93. For WWF, honestly, there were some great matches in 95, just not... It, it's weird in WWF and almost feels like you can feel like it's, it's like one era is fighting against the other for control of right. what's going to happen. So well, uh, it's probably pretty telling of the booking mindset too. Maybe in WCW, I would argue that this is their worst year ever. Right. 
because just the focus, the focus on Hogan, the focus on the Dungeon of Doom, all that stuff just dominated it. It was it which, was which you can kind of then make a good sort of like connection to why Nitro was such a big deal and why it needed to yeah, succeed, right? You it know did. what I mean? Like, yeah. So that's kind of almost telling in that sense. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so yeah, so let's, uh, we're going to get into, uh, into our, our uh, debut episode, but before we do, Jay, I wanted to ask you, were you, uh, I know you've been busy and you know, you haven't had too much chance to watch sports lately, but, uh, have you had some chances to uh, to lay some wagers down? Oh well, the only uh, the only sports betting I've done is uh, your fantastic YouTube video uh, recently posted on our YouTube channel. So uh, with giving our, our odds for the Royal Rumble, but um, apart from that, I have had a chance to uh, check out our sponsor Betstamps uh, app recently and kind of uh, had a peek and uh, see how how the landscape was looking. For uh, I do know that. Um, for those college football fans that the, the Bulldogs did hold up there into the bargain, I think, as far as the uh, the national championship and the odds were going. But uh, our friends at Betstamp, who we are uh, proudly sponsored by, uh, do offer some of the best line shopping you can get uh, in the business. So um, betting lines often have different odds at each sports book. But by using Betstamp, you can line shop across all your sports books to ensure you're finding the best value for each wager which comes in handy when you're trying to really maximize those uh, those bets with the money, hard-earned money you spend. They also have uh, verified bet tracking, which allows you to track your verified bets across all your major sports books, allows you to keep track of different accounts and build a more credible record as a better, which also means that it, it's real-time stats and verified stats, which is also kind of a confidence builder, yes, but also a, a history for you as well. So you can kind of see see where you're going from there. You can follow winning betters. I like of, that feature. Yeah, and it has a it has a sort of a social media feel to it. So kind of something you're kind of used to from that sense. So you, uh, you're able to follow other Betstamp users to be in- instantly notified when they're tracking their picks. Uh, you can follow the winning users in the Betstamp pick marketplace. So yeah, those, those features are kind of an enormous uh, benefit to you by using the Betstamp app. And uh, we urge you to go check that app out. And you should also put your referral code in there. Uh, the referral code WWTT. It uh, lets us kind of keep track of who's uh, hearing this uh, episode, and uh, and you can benefit from the referral code. So uh, go check it out. That's referral code WWTT in the Betstamp app. And uh, thanks again to our proud sponsors, uh, uh, Betstamp. Yep. Thank you very much. We appreciate Betstamp jumping on board and being a, a supporter of uh, Wrestling with the Truth and Wrestling with the War. So uh, it's very cool to have them on board. And like I say, they've helped enrich our lives a little bit as far as some of yes. our wagers that we've made. And hopefully you can go on the on their app, try it out, and make yourself uh, a pro and um, increase your odds of winning. Get some money so on the way. Head on over to Betstamp, download their app, and of course, use promo code WWTT to make sure they know who sent you. All right. So without further ado, let's get to it. The debut episode of Monday Nitro. The date, September 4th, 1995. Jay, I'm going to let you lead off because I did so much talking at the beginning half of this. So yep. um, what were your thoughts on the episode overall? Well, uh, the first thing, like, so it's pretty fresh in my mind. The the 
you mentioned it, I think a couple episodes ago, or maybe last episode, like the, the intro is pretty, pretty memorable. And that, yep. that stayed, I think for a long time, like they didn't change. A long time. Like, yeah, we're talking like maybe in the 99. The or... only thing they changed is the video clips in behind, but like that sort of base, base sort of intro stayed for a, like at least 99 until they changed the logo, I think. But anyway, do you want to, um, do you want to like a quick, uh, a hidden gem here? Um, sure. Dur- during that opening, they had Vader, uh, was in the, in the, yeah, I vividly remember seeing in there. him in there. Yeah. And, uh, he had just left. He had just, oh, left. he was supposed to, he, he was supposed employed. to debut on that episode. He was supposed to be the one fighting Hogan, but he got in the fight with Paul Orndorff at the power plant. No way. And, uh, so, that all came up. Plus, he was dealing with a lot of injuries too. Uh, apparently, so did he go back to WWF at the time? He went to WWF. That was his first trip to WWF. Oh, that was his first trip. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so they just didn't have time to cut it. Obviously, no. It so they didn't that. have time to change it. Like he was supposed. He was advertised for their pay per view, which they advertised during the show, which is War Games. He no was way. supposed to be part of the team. It was supposed to be Hogan Savage, Sting, and Vader as a team against the Dungeon of Doom. Wow. And uh, yeah, so anyway, so just that's a little quick tidbit. Yeah, no. So yeah, I mean, just that 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 memorable intro is there, and the music, and that they didn't change either. Um, and just like the the panning out of the crowd in the Mall of America and Bischoff, and I. So <laughs> this might be harsh, but I've never liked Steve McMichael. Like never, never liked him. But he was <laughs> bad. He was fucking bad in that intro. Like. He just looks stiff in the the buzzer in the hand. Are you fucking kidding me? Like really? Like with Heenan or whatever? Like he had the little the shocker thing. I'm like that yeah. was so bad. And Bischoff's mm. timing was off. Like it just it was it wasn't horrible, but it just looked not. I don't know. There was something about that. I guess now I have a perspective of 2023 now looking back, so it's different. But Anyway, I just like I thought that was just like campy as hell that little intro that they did, and then Heenan coming in, and their chemistry was off. Like McMichael and Heenan did not have chemistry that whole episode. I didn't find, but even though they were trying, but yeah, I, I thought that was cool to kind of do it, and then they could jump right into it, obviously, and um, we get right into the the Brian Pillman and Liger match, and again, <laughs> like the nuances. I get it; they're they're in a mall, so you probably just have random people who are just. Oh, what's going on here? I'm going to watch this now. So the the ring announcer, who is the ECW ring announcer? Is he not? Or was he? Is he somebody now? Like I feel no, it was like, Gary Michael Capetto, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't ring know, in, man. I, I think it, maybe I think he's he the was, Ring of Honor guy. I feel like he's still announcing now. Maybe I'm just totally gapping on that. But anyway, he goes through this like five minute intro for Liger about from Japan, the world's uh most no recognized japanese he's like like this 20 30 40 second intro for liger like trying to explain who he is so people aren't mm-hmm. just like who the hell is this weird looking dude uh anyway and then uh the, brian and, and like that match was good you you asked me i was like i thought it was an okay match but it wasn't yeah. like phenomenal and there was definitely some botches and the the uh the roll-up like poor Liger had to stay there while he's not really being pinned down on his shoulders. And he just kudos to him. Cause he kept his shoulders down, but like Brian was halfway up, up like he wasn't even sitting on him. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, so he wasn't even on his shoulders. Like Liger could, he was just sat up anyway. It, I'll, it was, I'll agree. I'll agree with you on that point. Cause, um, cause this is long been lauded as just this amazing match. Yeah. And 
it was a great match. It really was. And they like, gave it Bill, a little bit Bill of time. Mulligan. They and gave it some time. It's yeah. a great way to kick off, I guess, the Nitro era, yeah. which ironically, because going forward, a lot of times you would see like the Lucha Libre as the starter um, of the show, yeah. as the starter to get things fired up. So it was I a think smart that was move. a Bischoff thing too. Yeah, yeah, very smart move. But yeah, there were a couple of botches during the matches. Yep. There was a couple. It just felt like maybe they hadn't worked together too much, so they were a little bit off. But yeah, but again, great match, great way to start. The no, show it was great, we and there were some on, cool spots too, like yeah. the drop kick from um, from the inside to Liger jumping down, like yeah. off the top rope. That was cool. Like there were some good spots there. Um, mm-hmm. But I wouldn't call it one of the greatest matches of all time. It was, it was, it was an average at, at best, yeah. especially because the finish was kind of weak. But um, and then what do we get? We got uh, some sting and flare, sting, sting and flare. But we got a sting promo, I think, before that. Yeah, some campy sting promo in the middle of yeah. the mall. Um, sting flare was great. I thought it was. A, I thought it was a really good match. Although. Yeah. Six too many uh, body presses for me, for my liking. Uh, Sting, that's literally the only move Sting did was uh, like a press. Like that was it. He did it six times, I think. Like literally six times. Poor poor Flair had to take that bump like multiple times in that match. I was like, God. Uh, Flair's the one calling it though. So he's the one asking Is he? Okay, well, fair enough. But it just, that was all that Steve Borden did that whole match. I was like, you got nothing else there, Stevie, or what? <laughs> like he just anyway. But that was a good match. The classic kind of almost eighties ish style. Like the the uh but I I can't really complain because I enjoyed it. I actually was like, oh this is a fun match. And then the Anderson stuff and then what else we had we had who else well hold on the most oh the no most no no the Luger gloss over the most important thing yeah right. Luger, Luger showed up at the beginning out. right um uh, which and, and let's note, put that in let's put that in perspective like this had not happened before, right? right? And Luger was under contract with WWF right up until that date. He'd actually appeared I, in the dark match the following week. <laughs> but, but also, uh, apparently, I was just reading this. He was in a host show in our beautiful town the night before in Halifax, apparently. Oh, I did not know yes, that. Yes, he was in a host show the night before Nitro aired for <laughs> WWF. Yeah. Yeah, so, there you go. Anyway, so, live yeah. event, whatever you want to call it. But anyway, that, that's apparently a thing. So, yeah, but again, like, it just, like, a lot of that show felt like they had the right idea but didn't execute. Because, like, mm. Luger coming out, they kind of made a big deal about it, and then he's gone. He just disappears, right? And, like, mm-hmm. he didn't point. He didn't do anything. Also, why would he come out that match? Because he came out later to confront Hogan. So, that didn't make any sense either when you see the whole whole show. So anyway, the Luger thing was cool. It was a big pop. People cheered for him, all this stuff. But, and the commentators did a decent job of explaining it, and then he just disappeared. But then Anderson came out, I guess, right, that match? Iron, yeah. Iron Anderson came out, and I get, correct me if I'm wrong, they must have had some sort of questionable kind of like fracture there, and we weren't sure if Iron was going to turn on Flair or whatever, and he ended up obviously – leading to a, a, a no contest kind of thing. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I thought the match was good. Um, what was your take on, on the match overall without the antics, I guess? Yeah, I agree with you. Just typical uh, Sting Flair. Good yeah. stuff. Now, I, I understand why they did have Luger coming up, but I agree with you. It would have been much cooler if he just showed up at the end. Yes. But this is – which would have worked fine – uh about six months from now when you had the nwo and stuff like that but this was the debut episode and they're like we got to keep viewers so they brought luger out as that surprise of him showing up it was a shot fired it was like they wanted people to go holy shit wasn't he just on yeah uh wwf like, like just last night ago. yeah yeah you know so that's kind of where they were coming from with that but uh but i get why they did it and of course 
what they did at the end was much better. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. That was that was great. I, I enjoyed that. And, and I know you had asked, uh, when did Arn and Flair feud? So they had just started the feud. There was this whole thing again with the Dungeon of Doom, where uh, where the Horsemen or the or the remaining Horsemen were teaming up with the Dungeon of Doom to rid you know WCW of of Hulk Hogan because you know you needed forty guys to get rid of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he still beats them. Uh, yeah but um and and this is coming from a hogan fan but uh yeah so anyways there was some dissension it's the whole kevin sullivan playing mind games where he's getting into the head of Aaron anderson and starting to get caused dissension between flair and iron so that's what that was the lead up to uh, okay gotcha yeah gotcha so yeah I, I thought that match was was solid um i think then they roll into a bit of a sabu promotion which was <laughs> I weird i was like what sabu was <laughs> was he did he ever stay i don't think he stuck around did he so i'm with you like i'm you know uh, I'm going to be surprised by a few things too because my memory's a little bit hazy. I know hazy he's on, on the next episode because they're promoting him on the next episode, but I don't think he's stuck around much longer than that. Yeah, I don't even know if he did wrestle so, on the next episode. They might have been promoting him, but who maybe, knows? Maybe, right? yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But they definitely showed ECW shit. Like they showed him yes. going through a table, and that yeah. it's not a very good promo package, but it was a mm. package. I it's guess. 95. Yeah, yeah, I guess for 95 terms. Like, the little things, I guess, but like I'm watching and I'm like, there was not one single graphic. Like it was a video package, but there was no yes. graphic at the end. There was no graphic during it. There was nothing. It was just like video music. But like, like to me, that 101 type shit is like, you got to put a graphic on there and say Sabu coming or whatever, right? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we got, what else do we got? We got, oh, we got uh, the Michael Wall Street. I was say Michael <laughs> Wall Street fucking promo. And he even said IRS. I was like, oh, God. Uh, that, yeah. Not to mention, and I don't think it was just the Peacock feed. I think it must have been the feed of time. But the half, like there was a, like a lot, tiny bar of you could still see the live audience from like, I was like, oh, God. I know that's just stupid technical shit, but it's like, kind of like uh yeah that seems fitting for this segment but yeah uh, and like he was just bad was he never a good promo like he just never oh no like it was horrible i defy you i got a challenge for you go on to since you got peacock right go on to uh mid-atlantic championship wrestling from 1982 and look up episodes that mike rotundo is on there and they are brutal like he is like so afraid of the camera and he just was so stiff mon- like he monotone was yeah oh, it was yeah he definitely yeah. needed a like a, a, a kind of a manager, a manager. but like yeah. and then i think they end up changing his name to vkm wall street don't they yeah vk like, wall come, street, how yeah. many fucking times did wcw use vk in their fucking names like jesus but people Christ. people complain about the rebranding going on in wwe right now but look at this stuff yeah, i mean yeah brutus was four different guys in uh, one year ted dibiase money sign on his fucking jacket <laughs> i was like like that's that's probably tantamount to fucking suing them probably i would think <laughs> like anyway uh so yeah we got that promo and then we got this i don't i don't know if it was I think it was around this time we got the macho Scott Norton fucking yeah. kerfuffle, which was yeah. also odd and weird. Like I'm assuming because nobody knew who Scott Norton was, then they had to kind of like explain that. And anyway, and macho and he'd just be a buddy. Macho. He'd be a buddy of a uh, Bischoff from the Minnesota right. days. And he in came AWA. from Japan or whatever, probably. Yeah. 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 Anyway, but I, so I didn't hate surprise. that. I didn't mm-hmm. hate that. Like that was a kind of a cool segment. Had I cared about scott norton which i never did but um but macho was cool macho was like like let's do this now and all this stuff and like 
So that was kind of cool. Um, and then I think we had the main event, right? Then we had, uh, oh no, we had the Pasta Mania <laughs> promo first, <laughs> which, which I was like, God, I wish I could have been like, we didn't get that in Canada, I don't think. So, no, uh, I for sure would have tried some Pasta Mania. If you, uh, if you read, and he Hulk did Hulk. such a bad fucking promo with like Pasta Mania in every fucking line. And I, I was like, oh my God, no wonder people were sick of this fucking dude by this time, man. If you read Hogan's book, and Hogan is known for um, some tall tales and stretching the <laughs> truth a bit. Apparently, he was originally offered the George Foreman grill thing, but he chose <laughs> yeah, he, he chose Pastamania instead. <laughs> I and, bet uh, he was. <laughs> I think that's the whole reason they did it in the Mall America because there actually wasn't Pastamania there. And he, I mean, they basically gave him the, the world only one contract. in the United States. Probably, I'm gonna look they, him up right now. They gave him the world with his contract, but you know what? It finally paid dividends in ninety six. The NWO, yeah, no, for I sure, mean, and it'll go down <laughs> in history in that way. But yeah, oh my God, Pastamania, Pastamania, there it yeah. is. <laughs> so it wasn't match... even his. It wasn't even his shit, though. He just latched onto it, probably. <laughs> like it just happened to be a mania that he latched onto. I guess. No, I think I think it was a, a whole combo with Hogan, but whatever. Yeah, it's just craziness, but. Yeah, wow. the past yeah. mania promo, but uh <laughs> God. Anyway, so uh and then we got uh Big Bubba and uh and Hogan. First thing I thought of was like, why the hell is Bubba wrestling in a suit? That was his <laughs> was gimmick just, back then. I yeah. know, but like what's the gimmick? <laughs> well, see, Big Bubba, that was his gimmick back in the eighties when he was with the Midnight Express. He was hired as Jim Cornette's bodyguard and he used oh, to wear okay. the suit and the hat and the glasses and stuff okay. like that. I and, buy that uh, a little bit. And he was a lot heavier back then too. So he was big Bubba and you know, that's, then he goes to WWF and come becomes big boss man and okay. all that. So, and there's another guy that had a lot of gimmicks when he came back to WCW. I mean, he was the guardian angel and he was Ray trailer and big Bubba and, Big right. Bubba Rogers and I don't know what else, but um, he ended up just was, being Ray Trailer during the, during the NWO days, right? Yes, he was also. I remember the most as Ray Trailer, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was. Um, oh, was yeah, he the I, moth? You said the boss, like the he was boss. literally a prison guard with a black outfit uh, called the boss. Again, how did they not get sued for that? <laughs> I think they might have. That's why he became <laughs> that's Big why Bubba he got, again. That's why yeah. he got shafted. Yeah. yeah uh anyway so uh yeah i thought that the hogan uh bubba match was like it was okay it was like again it felt like i was watching 1989 big boss man hogan again like that's typical hogan fair yeah. yeah and and like hogan looked good he looked like svelte and sort of like lean and he was definitely like he was he was uh really active in the match but I caught, and I think you're going to allude to the fact that it was on purpose, but the the planted, I guess, if there were signs in the crowd, like basically, um, I think one said Hogan sucks and Hogan's a wimp or something. They were really like cheesy, like we, we don't like Hogan signs. But mm-hmm. And then at the end of the match, after he did his fantastic cover uh, after the leg drop then he the got old bag. <laughs> yeah he gets up and does, like says kiss my butt or something like that i was like well who are you doing that to he did it on the hard camera side i'm like he was doing it to, to bubba like he used to do that to his opponents uh, a lot okay. yeah even in the 80s but yeah. there was a couple heel moves like he's threatened to punch the ref which i know he did a lot in wf too but like it i don't know it just it had a weird flow to it and um i just yeah i thought the match was okay i thought the commentating all night was a bit weird it was a bit off 
uh, just because my manga was just not good in my opinion. I just think like brain is always good, but then Mongo trying to do stupid, like making fun of his name and changing his name to like the stain. the stain or whatever. I was like, it's fucking bad. Like, so anyway. I will, I will jump in just so, so we don't get hate mail for Jay. <laughs> we do realize that Mongo Michael is suffering from ALS at this time. This, and, that and- is not, I was not referencing him, <laughs> the person I was talking about him, the character on TV show. It was pretty. I, I'm brutal. able to, to to distinguish between the two. I know some people out there in this world aren't able to. Uh, I know it's one side or the other, right? But yeah. and, and the little dog, you forgot about the little dog too. The little dog, what? His little dog. I think it was Pepe or whatever or something. That he had that little dog that he carried when. Not he on the show. Shooting. He didn't. I didn't oh catch yeah. That. Oh Did yeah. He? Watch at the very end when they're signing off with. Oh, I didn't Him and that. Bobby and. Uh, and Bishop, he's got a little dog in his hands. It, the dog will become more prominent in future episodes. Okay. And then I guess we got the uh, kerfuffle at the end too, with the Dungeon of Doom, and then Luger coming out and yeah. two baby faces apparently squaring off to to have a feud. So like, yeah. But anyway, I I, I was into it. I was like, this is great. Uh, it's it's also not great, but great at the same time. Like this is this is awesome. So <laughs> first first good good run into the uh, into the annals of time. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, the Hogan Bubba match was a typical yeah, 80s Hogan great, match, but it was but okay. It was entertaining. I mean, it's Hogan on your main yeah. event of your first show. Um, yeah, yeah I, I never thought the about crowd that. was very not generic too. I just thought, like, just yeah. one more thing to add, like, they weren't wrestling fans. I don't think they were just no. standing in as as like stand-ins almost. Yeah, and I, I never thought about the whole idea of uh, the signs being planted, but that could be a good possibility yeah. that it was. But I don't know if they were, but they seemed like it. There's rumor, so there's rumor and conjecture because Hogan supposedly didn't want to go heel, like you know, back in the NWO days. But yet, then you hear other stories that he did want to go heel, and he asked Vince McMahon to go heel and all this right. stuff, and they wouldn't let him. And then supposedly during this time, he was supposed to go heel as well because he was hearing the crowd and all that. But I don't know. I don't know who you believe on this stuff, but um, he uh, he was definitely. Uh, maybe not so much in this match because you're right, it wasn't a true wrestling crowd. But if you watch some of the stuff that's going on in '95, the fans are starting to get a little tired of the Hulkster yeah. and Hulkamania and all that stuff. Not tired yeah. of Pastamania though; they're on board <laughs> no, with Pastamania. They're all full, full deep dive into Pastamania. Those kids were jacked to get some Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Bischoff couldn't even get in there. But yeah, I like, thought the uh, the whole Luger thing, the Luger thing at the end was good. It set up something. Yeah, no, that was good. That, that felt that felt more like modern in today's sense. Like it felt not campy. Yeah. It felt like pretty aggressive. Like it, it, that was good. I thought that was a nice little touch at the end. The 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 schmoz was way too quick for my liking. It was like Dungeon of Doom guys come in twenty seconds later. They're already doing that promo with like like there was no. It was not like maybe that's just a sign of the times, and we get a little more of that now where they, yeah. like, they actually we get too go back much of it now. Yeah, yeah, and they go back and forth a little bit too much and all that stuff. But like it was just like they barely enter the ring and they're back out. You know what I mean? Like that was like how quick it felt. But anyway, it was like one punch and they're out of the ring. You know what I mean? But whatever. I mean, that's well, just look the who the Dutch and 90s. was, though. They're yeah, brutal. <laughs> true. That's true. And they were like, let's just get to the, the conversation. And they might yes. be tight on time. That's true, too. No, fair enough. Time. Fair enough. That's just nitpicking yeah. shit. But but um, but yeah, I thought overall it was a it was a fun first show. It would the I still say this though, like picking that venue is still an odd choice to me. Like even if you want to go with the 
the wow factor. I don't even think it's that big a wow factor because it didn't look that cool. It was just a ring set up in a food court, basically, or the middle yeah. of a. You know what I mean? Like it, I don't yeah. know. It just that, that that's still you. puzzling to me why they did that. I, I honestly because wouldn't it have been better to have a much more fucking rowdy crowd and true yes. wrestling fans in there and you're hyping yeah. it up and big. You know what I mean? And the pop would have been anyway. Yeah, I would have done it in a bar in the middle of like North Carolina, like real WCW country, but whatever. I, you know, Bischoff's a Minnesota guy. Um, I think it was the only place in America that had a pasta mania. So that's why they did it there. <laughs> so, they, so they could get the It was written into his contract, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> One yeah. pasta mania on air appearance per year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Easy way to get um, in there. It was it was different, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, overall though, I did think it was. I thought because I, I, I tell you this too. Like, yes, we are looking at it from today's eyes, but I also put myself back into that time period and thinking about a couple of things. Like, I'm, I'm looking at it in today's eyes is in regards to the work and stuff like that. But as far as the, I put myself back in time as to what the feeling was at that time and the fact that they brought Luger in as a surprise and this was a major surprise yeah. and it was and the, that wasn't happening anywhere before that no so that, no that, this is like point. this is the first shot across the yeah. bow and in in their debut episode I was like okay it's a hot start yeah. to, no, to that's Nitro a good point. That's you a good know point. Uh, sorry I don't mean to play on the whole Nitro thing but it's a it was a hot start you know with uh, the show you mean Wall Street you're talking about <laughs> Wall Street not Luger, right? Like that well, was that was shot. that yeah. was the real shot across about <laughs> yes. Luger's. Just they were set. They, Luger they, was small what, potatoes compared to Wall Street. Well, obviously they put Luger first, and then they bring the main event <laughs> with Wall Street, right? I mean, that was and Sabu, of course, too. Yes, right? <laughs> Sabu, the much much hyped Sabu. <laughs> oh man. Uh. Poor, yeah. poor ECW, you know. I, I debated whether we should include them in all this stuff, but that'll just be too much watching, to yeah, be honest with true. you. But <laughs> but they were already starting to get raped. As, as far as yeah, that's a good point, though. Like, even the Dean Douglas thing, I didn't think was that early yeah. on, but it obviously was. But it, it, amazingly enough, Dean Lug, Douglas, before the end back, of the year, right? is gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he, so. he goes back to WCW, though, right? Or ECW, I mean. Uh, I believe he goes back to ECW at yeah, that time, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. He must. But he does end up showing up in WCW later on. Yes, but, I yeah. remember that, and he had a good run. That was later nineties. Franchise. Right? I love that character. I thought that was a cool gimmick. I thought I thought mm. that was really cool myself. But, yeah. I actually like Shane Douglas back in the old. Uh, what was it? Uh, the Dynamic Dudes days <laughs> with Johnny Ace. <laughs> oh, that was. Um, was that WWF? W- WCW. Yeah. WCW. Okay. Like the. So he left that, then went to ECW. Yeah. Then back as Dean, then to Dean Douglas, and then back to Shane Douglas again, right? And then to ECW, and then to WCW. Right. Yeah. To finish on the end of the run there, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. But yeah, overall, good start, though. I yeah, thought it was, uh, it was fun. It was interesting. It was, it was fun. And um, I've already cheated and done a little bit of watching ahead, of, ahead with uh, the next Raw that's coming up on uh, the 11th. And yes. uh, I think you'll enjoy that show, to be quite yeah. honest with you. Yeah, and, fun. um, plan is uh, now so next episode we're going to run through the uh the, the raws and nitros for uh for september because we got two pay-per-views going on we got fall brawl coming on and we've got um the first in your house uh, not the first in your house it's the third does it have a house. name or is it just in your house yes it's in your house uh triple threat i think is what it's called because Ooh, maybe the first triple threat match ever well it's what it is is i don't want to spoil things but the the main event is the match with uh diesel and sean who are 
WWF champion and intercontinental champion against Owen and Yokozuna, who are the tag team champions, it's all belts on the line. Oh, right. I do remember that. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, cool. Uh, yeah. So, so this next episode, we'll kind of run through September. We're not going to go match by match like we did for this one, but this this debut episode, we thought yeah, we really we had to covered. touch on it. Yeah, for sure. But we'll we'll look at September uh, in both WWF and WCW, and then the uh, episode after that, I guess we'll talk about those those two pay per views and Absolutely. our thoughts on it. Let's get and, into um, it. I think it's going to be a little bit up and down for this '95 yep. and. 96 will start to go be an emotional roller coaster bud i'll say one last thing you know all those names that i went through the crazy gimmicks i was thinking for sure 95 had to be the year for like tl hopper and the goon and all these people they didn't even show up yet it's before that that's like they haven't shown up yet post this yes yes like we're talking 96 wwf is when these guys show up same, oh. the same time in which stone cold is becoming stone cold yeah Jesus. yeah it's that it's just sad. nuts like it's that's what i'm saying it's such a like it's opposite ends of the spectrum for yeah. things going on and and it's really noticeable in wwf like i feel like in wcw they just had to shake off the whole stank of this whole dungeon of doom yeah. stuff and then all of a sudden, boom, NWO comes in. And that's it. They're off to the races. Yeah. But Which is WWF, yeah, not too far off. Yeah. WWF felt like like a boxer who got rocked. You know they were the champ, but they got rocked and they were kind of weaving and kept, like, where yeah. am I? And yeah, it's 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 interesting for sure. <laughs> it's well, gonna get I can't good. wait. I can't wait. I uh I did enjoy it. Um I hope the the uh the listeners enjoyed it. Get we your feedback. Get, we yeah. wanna we wanna hear all the things you're excited about. Yeah, what did what did you guys with your memory? Have you have you gone along with us? Have you watched the episode yourself and, and checked it out? Let us know your thoughts. Or if you just have memories from back that time and that debut episode of Nitro, let us know what you thought about it. It's the same uh same contact info, uh WWTT pod on uh Twitter or Instagram and it's wrestling with the truth on Facebook and um uh, just give us a shout out and let us know what you thought and what your what your feeling is going into this this whole venture with absolutely. us absolutely absolutely all right well jay appreciate your uh your hard work on this episode i gave you some homework and you uh <laughs> rose to the occasion while while doing a massive move so congrats yeah. to you uh, i friend. can't i don't even know what i just said the last hour so uh that's that's where my brain's at <laughs> all right man so uh on that note I will say for Jay Myers, I am BC Hunter, and we are out of here. Snap a new slip, Jim.